Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. The first time I realized that Jesus took the absolute penalty, punishment, all of it for my sins, that was freedom for me. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to Tuesday's Gospel Truth broadcast. Today, I'm continuing a uh, series that I started just yesterday talking about, Are You Satisfied with Jesus? I've got a little pamphlet that's only 28 pages long, but this is powerful. These are some of my favorite scriptures. I've meditated on these for years. And just a few months back, I was studying this, and then I dreamed about it all night long, and I was just so blessed by this that I got up and wrote this in one day. Now, I've spent some time editing it and doing some things, but I thought it'd be great just to teach on this one thing instead of this big, long series. This is something simple. Uh, this is the first time we've ever offered this. We're offering this as a free gift. And so I don't know for sure all the ways it'll be used, but I think that this would not only bless you, but this would be a great little something to give to somebody. It's really simple. I promise you this is something that people will be able to grasp easily. I, I could see people that have businesses putting something like this in their waiting room. People could just sit down and and this uh, question, are you satisfied with Jesus, will grab people's attention. And as they read through this, it'll be a blessing to them. So yesterday I started this, and we were dealing out of John chapter 14. This is Jesus speaking to His disciples the night before His crucifixion. He told them, He says, Where I'm going, you know, and the way to get there, you know. And Thomas said unto Him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known the Father also, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Now, Jesus had just said, you know where I'm going and you know how to get there. Thomas says, nope, you're wrong. We're right. We don't know where you're going and we don't know how to get there. I tell you, when you tell God that he's wrong and you're right, that ought to be a clue to you that something is not working. You aren't thinking correctly. God is always right. God knows more than you do. And yet His disciples were just bold to say, no, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? So He said, I am the way. If you'd seen me, if you'd known me, you should have known my Father also. And then Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and he will be satisfied. And here's what I'm focusing on. Philip was saying, Jesus, we aren't satisfied with just you. Now think about this. Jesus had performed miracles like nobody in the history of the world before or after ever has. Now, we can do the same works that Jesus has done, but I believe that Jesus... You know, there's one passage in uh, John chapter, I believe, chapter 20, that says that if everything that Jesus had done, all of the miracles that He had done had been written down, the entire world itself could not contain the volumes that should be written. We just have the highlights. Jesus had done miracles like nobody else ever had. Jesus had spoken like no other man had ever spoken. Jesus had done things that were just supernatural. Jesus had loved Philip like no one else had ever loved him. 
YOU KNOW, WHEN PHILIP CAME TO THE LORD, I MEAN, THE LORD, IT WAS SUPERNATURAL THE WAY THAT HE BROUGHT THEM TOGETHER. AND HE HAD WITNESSED ALL OF THESE THINGS, AND YET PHILIP WAS SAYING, LORD, IF YOU'LL SHOW US, THE FATHER WILL BE SATISFIED. WITHOUT SAYING IT, HE SAID THAT, JESUS, YOU DON'T SATISFY, BUT IF WE COULD SEE THE FATHER, THEN WE'D BE SATISFIED. THINK ABOUT THIS. IF JESUS DOESN'T SATISFY YOU, WHO OR WHAT WILL? WHAT WILL IT TAKE TO SATISFY YOU? LET ME GIVE YOU A DEFINITION HERE. THIS IS A DICTIONARY DEFINITION OF WHAT THE WORD SATISFY MEANS. IT MEANS TO MEET THE EXPECTATIONS, NEEDS, OR DESIRE OF SOMEONE. FULFILL A DESIRE OR A NEED. PROVIDE SOMEONE WITH ADEQUATE INFORMATION OR PROOF SO THAT THEY ARE CONVINCED ABOUT SOMETHING. SO IN PHILIP'S ESTIMATION, JESUS HADN'T FULFILLED ALL OF PHILIP'S EXPECTATIONS. PHILIP WAS EXPECTING SOMETHING MORE THAN WHAT JESUS HAD PROVIDED. HE HADN'T MEANT HIS DESIRES. PHILIP uh, WAS SAYING THAT JESUS HADN'T PROVIDED HIM WITH ADEQUATE PROOF. PHILIP WAS WANTING SOMETHING MORE THAN JESUS. NOW, DID YOU KNOW WHEN I SAY IT THIS WAY, I KNOW THAT EVERY SINGLE PERSON WHO'S ENCOUNTERED THE LORD AND HAS TRULY BEEN BORN AGAIN AND HAS A RELATIONSHIP WITH GOD, YOU WOULDN'T SAY THAT, OH, NO, I'M NOT SATISFIED WITH JESUS. BUT IN PRACTICE, IN REALITY, DID YOU KNOW THAT THIS IS EXACTLY WHAT OUR LIFE IS SAYING MANY TIMES? AGAIN, WE'VE JUST GONE THROUGH THIS VIRUS SITUATION AND I HAVE HEARD CHRISTIANS, I'VE SEEN SOME THINGS, SOME OF THESE POSTS ON THE INTERNET AND THINGS, AND PEOPLE ARE TALKING ABOUT HOW LONELY THEY ARE AND HOW DEPRESSED THEY ARE. EVEN CHRISTIANS SAYING THAT. YOU KNOW WHAT YOU'RE SAYING WITHOUT REALIZING IT? YOU'RE SAYING THAT YOU AREN'T SATISFIED WITH JESUS. AND I KNOW SOME OF YOU ARE SHOCKED. NO, I WOULD NEVER SAY THAT. BUT when, WHEN THE LORD SAYS THAT HE WILL NEVER LEAVE YOU NOR FORSAKE YOU, AND THAT TO BE IN HIS PRESENCE, DAVID SAID, ONE DAY IN YOUR PRESENCE IS GREATER THAN ANYTHING ELSE. I'D RATHER BE A DOORKEEPER IN THE HOUSE OF THE LORD THAN TO SPEND 10,000 DAYS SOMEPLACE ELSE. THERE'S JUST MANY SCRIPTURES. YOU KNOW, uh, PSALMS CHAPTER 16, I BELIEVE IT'S AROUND VERSE 11, uh, IT SAYS THAT IN THE PRESENCE OF THE LORD THERE IS FULLNESS OF JOY. AT HIS RIGHT HAND THERE ARE PLEASURES EVERMORE. AND YET THERE ARE CHRISTIANS WHO, BECAUSE YOU AREN'T ABLE TO GET OUT AND GO SOMEPLACE, BECAUSE YOU'VE BEEN SITTING AT HOME AND YOU HAVEN'T HAD ANYTHING TO DO, YOU'RE BORED AND YOU'RE DISCOURAGED AND YOU'RE DEPRESSED AND YOU'RE FEELING LIKE, WELL, OF COURSE I AM BECAUSE I CAN'T GO DO WHAT MY FAVORITE THING IS. I CAN'T GO OVER HERE AND VISIT THIS PERSON. AND WITHOUT YOU REALIZING WHAT YOU'RE SAYING IS THAT JESUS DOESN'T SATISFY YOU. HE'S ALWAYS WITH YOU. HE WILL NEVER LEAVE YOU. IN HIS PRESENCE THERE IS FULLNESS OF JOY, BUT THAT'S NOT ENOUGH FOR YOU. YOU'VE ALSO GOT TO HAVE THIS THING OVER HERE. YOU'VE GOT TO HAVE YOUR, uh, uh, YOU KNOW, TIME OFF. YOU GO OUT AND YOU DO THINGS. YOU PLAY GAMES. YOU DO THIS. YOU GO VISIT PEOPLE, AND YOU AREN'T SATISFIED. I'M NOT SAYING THESE THINGS TO HURT ANYBODY, BUT I AM SAYING THAT JUST AS PHILIP WAS SAYING, JESUS, YOU AREN'T ENOUGH. YOU HAVEN'T MEANT MY NEEDS. I'VE GOT EXPECTATIONS. I'VE GOT NEEDS. I'VE GOT DESIRES THAT ARE MORE THAN WHAT YOU'RE MEETING. MOST OF US WOULD NEVER JUST BLATANTLY SAY IT THAT WAY, BUT YOU KNOW WHAT YOU'RE SAYING IS WHEN YOU'RE SITTING HERE SAYING, BUT I'M DEPRESSED, I'M DISCOURAGED. WHAT YOU'RE SAYING IS JESUS ISN'T ENOUGH FOR YOU. 
And I know that some of you are shocked. Oh, no, Jesus is fine in the spiritual realm, but I've got these physical needs. Jesus isn't only spiritual. He isn't only out to meet your spiritual needs. Jesus will provide your physical needs, your financial needs, your emotional needs, your relational needs. And yet many Christians have have justified and they feel completely justified in being codependent on all of these other things. They've got to go out and have all of these other things that occupy their life. And I'm telling you that what you're saying is that Jesus isn't enough to satisfy you. You've got to have these other things. Now, am I saying that it's wrong for us to have a business? Am I saying it's wrong for us to have a job that we go to? Am I saying it's wrong to have friends and things? No, I'm not saying that. Those things are fine in their proper place. But if you are codependent upon all of these other things so that when you are just shut up with Jesus, He's not enough, and you get depressed and discouraged and stir-crazy, and you, you are feeling justified and all of these things, you know what you're saying? You're saying that Jesus isn't enough to satisfy you, that He hasn't met your needs, that you have to have all of these other things in your life. You know, one of the good things that could come and should come out of this pandemic that we've had where basically the world and work has been shut down and all of this, one of the good things that that could produce is for people to recognize that, God, my life isn't focused. It isn't centered upon you the way that it should be. I've literally got all of these other things that I am leaning upon that are so important to me that when they are taken away from me, then depression, then discouragement, then worry, then fear comes upon me. One of the good things that could come is that we recognize that, God, I'm not focused upon you. You know, I've often said it this way, that the only people who will ever let you down are the ones that you lean upon. It's, you know, it's, it's like a cane or something. If you're leaning on that thing and if it breaks, well, then you could fall. But if you aren't leaning on that cane, that cane could break. It doesn't matter because you aren't putting any of your weight upon it. You can get to a place to where Jesus is everything for you. And it doesn't matter what goes on in the world. It matters in the sense that it might affect you to some degree. It matters in the sense that you care about other people and you see that they are struggling and so you want to help them. But it is not going to affect you. This virus pandemic has not affected me in um, significant ways. Now, let me explain that, that I have had to... Uh, you know, send a lot of our employees home. We've got 650 employees and we didn't lay off a single person. Did you know that our income didn't go down? Because my focus, my dependence was upon Jesus. When they came out with this stimulus money that they gave people, I'm not going to criticize anybody who took it, but I didn't take it because Jesus is my source, not the government. And then I found out and I wasn't even qualified to take it because I've got more than 500 employees. But before they came out with these stipulations, I wasn't going to take it. I was trusting God and praise God. God, through my partners, has been sufficient and we haven't laid off a single person. Our income didn't go down. It went up. We didn't quit putting out materials. We set some records. We, caught, we had record number of calls 
we had to send our employees on. What I'm trying to say through all of this is that when you are leaning upon Jesus, it doesn't matter if a pandemic comes. It doesn't matter what happens. Nothing is going to affect you. The only people or the only things that will let you down are the things that you're leaning upon. And I'm saying to you that many of us have not been centered. Our life has not been centered and built upon and based upon Jesus the way that it's supposed to. And so when all of these other things that we depend upon that give us our contentment and our satisfaction are stripped away from us, all of a sudden it reveals this deficiency, not in Jesus, but in our lack of trust and reliance upon Jesus, our lack of being focused and centered upon Jesus. That's the problem. Jesus is more than enough. He wants to be your best friend. It doesn't matter if you can't get out and go socialize with your friends and do some of the things that you've done. And in their right place, all of those things are fine. But I'm saying that if they are stripped from you and all of a sudden you go into a tailspin and you can't adjust and it's been hard on you, it shows you that you aren't really satisfied with Jesus. Not that Jesus isn't satisfying, but that you haven't appropriated it. You have substituted all of these other things. I tell you, this is one of the serious problems in many Christians' lives is that we get so occupied with the affairs of this life and all of the things. We get so busy making a living and going to all of our social things. And even with your kids, which in their place, all of these things are good. But you can get to where you're so busy going to soccer practice and ball practice and doing this and all of these things that you don't have any time for the Lord. And when all of a sudden these things are stripped from you and you have to depend upon Jesus, Jesus completely satisfies, but there are many people watching this that haven't been satisfied with Jesus, not because of His failure, but because of your failure to build your life around Jesus. Man, those are some strong statements that I'm making. But if you could receive what I'm saying, this could actually help you. If Philip would have thought about it, he was saying, Jesus, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. If somehow or another we could see God the Father sitting in heaven on the throne and the glory round about Him and all the living creatures, and if we could see this, that would satisfy us. But Jesus, we aren't satisfied with you. Man, if, you would st if Philip had stopped and thought about that, what a put down that is. And you know why he wasn't satisfied with Jesus? It's not because Jesus doesn't satisfy, but it's because they didn't know the true Jesus. They knew him in the natural, but they didn't know who he truly was. And this is what Jesus went on to say. Look at his reaction to Philip. How did, how did Jesus respond when Philip says, show us the Father and it'll be satisfied? He says, okay, I'll help you go beyond me. You really need something more than me. If you could just see the Father, then I believe that, man, that would satisfy you. No, he, he didn't, in a sense, validate Philip's misconception. Look what he said. Jesus said unto them, have I been so long time with you and yet thou hast not known me, Philip. He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me doeth the works. 
JESUS IS SAYING, PHILIP, I'VE BEEN WITH YOU FOR THREE AND A HALF YEARS. PHILIP WAS ONE OF THE TWELVE APOSTLES FOR THREE AND A HALF YEARS. THEY WERE WITH HIM DAY AND NIGHT. THEY SAW ALL OF THESE MIRACLES. THEY HEARD PREACHING AND TEACHING LIKE NOBODY ELSE HAD EVER SPOKEN. THEY SAW JESUS IN CONTROL OF MOBS WHEN THEY TRIED TO COME AND KILL HIM AND TAKE HIM. HE'D JUST WALK RIGHT THROUGH THE MIDDLE OF THEM. Uh, THEY SAW HIM STILL THE STORMS. HE HAD AUTHORITY OVER THE WEATHER. HE CALMED THE SEA. HE WALKED ON TOP OF WATER. HE RAISED THE DEAD. HE OPENED UP BLIND EYES. THEY HAD BEEN WITH JESUS DAY AND NIGHT FOR THREE AND A HALF YEARS. THERE IS NO WAY OF TELLING THE THINGS THAT JESUS SHARED WITH THEM PERSONALLY, THE THINGS THAT THEY SAW. THEY NEVER SAW ANY FAILURE. JESUS WAS SINLESS. HE WAS PERFECT. HE WAS GOD MANIFEST IN THE FLESH. YOU KNOW, THE SCRIPTURE SAYS IN LUKE CHAPTER 2, VERSE 11, THAT AT THE BIRTH OF JESUS, THEY SAID, FOR UNTO YOU IS BORN THIS DAY IN THE CITY OF DAVID A SAVIOR, WHICH IS CHRIST, THE LORD. THEY CALLED JESUS THIS LITTLE BABY THAT WAS BORN. I MEAN, HE HAD JUST BEEN BORN, PROBABLY SEVEN OR EIGHT POUNDS. HERE HE WAS, TOTALLY DEPENDENT UPON HIS MOTHER. HE WAS HUMAN IN EVERY SINGLE WAY. THE PEOPLE... YOU KNOW, THESE uh, KINGS THAT CAME FROM THE EAST AND WORSHIPPED HIM AND GAVE HIM THESE PRESENTS, THEY BOWED DOWN AND WORSHIPPED HIM. AND YET HERE WAS A BABY, A HELPLESS BABY. AND YET HE WAS LORD AT HIS BIRTH. HE DIDN'T GROW INTO BECOMING LORD. THESE ANGELS WERE SAYING, CHRIST, THE LORD, AT HIS BIRTH. HIS BODY WAS A BABY, AND ACCORDING TO LUKE CHAPTER 2, VERSE 52, JESUS GREW IN WISDOM AND IN STATURE AND IN FAVOR WITH GOD AND MAN. SO HIS PHYSICAL BODY HAD TO GROW. HIS MIND, HIS PHYSICAL MIND HAD TO GROW. HE DID NOT COME OUT OF THE WOMB SPEAKING HEBREW. HE DID NOT KNOW HOW TO FEED HIMSELF. HE DIDN'T KNOW HOW TO CONTROL HIS BOWELS. HE DIDN'T KNOW HOW TO WALK. JESUS HAD TO LEARN IN ALL OF THESE NATURAL THINGS JUST LIKE US. HE GOT TIRED. HE HAD TO SLEEP. HE GOT DIRTY. HE HAD TO BATHE. HIS HAIR, I'M SURE, GOT MATTED. THEY DIDN'T HAVE, uh, YOU KNOW, THE HYGIENE THAT WE HAVE TODAY. THEY COULDN'T TAKE A SHOWER EVERY DAY. HE WALKED IN THE HOT JUDEAN SUN, AND THERE'S NO INDICATION THAT HE HAD TWO AND THREE TRUNKS OF FOOD uh, WITH... uh, NOT FOOD, BUT CLOTHES WITH HIM. AND THINGS LIKE THIS. HE DIDN'T HAVE FRESH CLOTHES EVERY SINGLE DAY. MAN, HE WORE THE SAME CLOTHES. HE GOT HOT AND SWEATY. I'M SURE HIS HAIR GOT METTED. HE DIDN'T HAVE THE SHAMPOO THAT WE HAVE, THE HAIR PRODUCTS. JESUS WAS... HE WAS NORMAL. HE WAS HUMAN. HE WASN'T ONLY HUMAN. IN THE SPIRIT, HE WAS LORD AT HIS BIRTH. IT SAYS IN 1 TIMOTHY CHAPTER 3, VERSE 16, IT SAYS, GREAT IS THE MYSTERY OF GODLINESS. GOD WAS MANIFEST IN THE FLESH, PREACHED ON IN THE WORLD, SEEN OF ANGELS, RECEIVED UP INTO GLORY. I MAY NOT HAVE GOTTEN THAT WHOLE QUOTATION RIGHT, BUT IT SAYS THAT GOD WAS MANIFEST IN THE FLESH. THE ONLY TIME GOD WAS MANIFEST IN THE FLESH WAS JESUS. JESUS WAS GOD IN THE FLESH, BUT HE WAS IN THE FLESH. AND ONE OF THE REASONS THAT PHILIP DIDN'T FULLY RECOGNIZE WHO JESUS WAS BECAUSE OF JESUS' PHYSICAL BODY. PHILIP HAD THE DISADVANTAGE OF HAVING TO SEE JESUS IN HIS PHYSICAL BODY. AND I KNOW THAT WHEN I SAY THAT, SOME OF YOU ARE JUST SHOCKED, LIKE, 
What do you mean disadvantage? It would have been wonderful to be one of the 12 disciples and to see these miracles and to actually be able to see and touch Jesus and to hear Him with your audible, physical ears. That would have been awesome. Well, it would have in a lot of ways, but it actually would have been harder to believe that this was God. And I know some of you are shocked right now, but just follow my logic here. They saw him tired. They saw him hungry. They saw him have to sleep. And I don't mean any disrespect by this, but they saw him have to do, you know, all of the things that every one of us do. And they saw him. They saw his humanity. And it made it hard for them to really recognize who he truly was. You know, I am what they call a lucid dreamer. I read about this in the Reader's Digest. There was a whole thing on, on sleep and dreaming. And a lot of people, like my wife, she says that she doesn't remember that she dreams, but I know she does. I've heard She's woken me up at times talking in her sleep and having dreams. So she dreams. All of us dream is what uh, people say, but not everybody remembers it. And some people, their dreams are vivid. I'm one of those that my dreams, I dream in color. I mean, my dreams are, I dream constantly. I could fall asleep and take a five-minute nap and I'll dream multiple things. I dream all of the time. Sometimes it's hard for me to tell if I'm awake or I'm asleep because my dreams are just so real. But one time I had a dream where I was one of the disciples of Jesus and I was walking along with the other disciples and we had just seen him raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. We had seen him open up blind eyes. And as we were walking down the road, we were all talking about this and we were, we were talking to each other like, did you see that? Did you see what he did? And I mean, we were excited. And the, uh, again, when I dream, it's vivid to me. It was like I was there. I was experiencing the emotion of what it would have been like to be one of Jesus' disciples. And right in the midst of us praising God and talking about how awesome all of this was, Jesus just whirled around and put his finger right in my face and said to me what he said to Peter in the 16th chapter of Matthew. And he says, but who do you say that I am? And I mean, it just startled me. And everything the fact that he raised people from the dead, the fact that he opened up the blind eyes, the fact that he walked in love, the fact that he controlled the weather and everything, every physical, natural thing said, you are God. But when I was looking at him in the face, he was as plain looking as I am. You know, this is what uh, Isaiah said, that when we see him, there isn't any beauty in him that we should desire him. Jesus wasn't a beautiful person. He was plain. He was common. He wasn't sinful, but there was nothing special about Jesus. And as I looked at his physical body, even though everything inside of me screamed, you are God, when I looked at his physical body and saw the natural part of him, it took all the faith I could muster to say, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so... Through that dream, I can somewhat relate to these disciples having to go beyond that body. That body was actually a disadvantage to them knowing who Jesus really was. And man, I have just said some powerful things that need further explanation, and I'm out of time. 
you need to write in and get this little booklet that we're putting out. It has all of this in there. This is our gift to you. I promise you this would make a difference. Listen to our announcer as he gives you the information and please call or write today. Andrew's brand new teaching, Are You Satisfied with Jesus?, is available as a booklet. And today, Andrew would like to offer it as his free gift to you. Go to awmi.net to receive your free copy and to order additional copies to share with friends and family for only $1 each. This new series is also available in a two-part CD or DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. It's really awesome to be able to be a partner. Andrew's vision and his ministry and what he's done, it's just impacting the world with the truth of the gospel, with the truth of who Jesus really is. And when I saw where the money that I was giving was going, I was like, I'm gonna give this ministry for the rest of my life. So being a partner is really coming together in the body of Christ and, and doing His will. Jamie and I are here just to thank you so much for being partners with us. I tell you, we are reaching around the world. I remember when Jamie and I were it. I would run the sound while she was doing the praise and worship, and then she'd come back and run the sound while I was preaching. We did it all ourselves. Now we have so many people helping us, and it couldn't happen without you. It's very true. We're very thankful for our partners and what they're doing, and you're going around the world too, and everything that this Amen. ministry does. Amen. So we just wanted to say a special thank you, and uh, we love you. And every good thing that is happening through this ministry, you're going to share in every one of those rewards. So God bless you. Thank you for being a partner with us. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. I'd like to give you a special invitation to join me on September the 24th through the 26th for our Identity in Christ conference. I'm gonna have Pastor Dwayne Sheriff with me. He's one of my great friends. He's on my board of directors. He is one of the most powerful ministers that I know. And both of us, it is this truth about who we are in Christ, a revelation of what I call spirit, soul, and body that has changed our lives. And we are just gonna take both of our teachings, both of our revelations, what God has done in our life, and just pour it into you for these three days. Remember, it's September the 24th through the 26th at our Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, our Identity in Christ Conference. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries are changing lives all around the world. Lives like Teresa Hotelling, who decided to fight the diagnosis of Sjogren's syndrome and lupus by attending Karis Bible College. 
After sitting under the word for months, the reality of her identity in Christ became more real to her than the sickness she was fighting. And during worship one day, she took authority over all of her symptoms. It was like there was an explosion on the inside of me. And I just very calmly began to say, Sjogren syndrome, you get out of my body. Lupus, you get out of my body. Carpal tunnel, you be healed in Jesus' name. Back, you be healed in Jesus' name. And I, it was so calm, it was like surreal. And I just knew that it was done. Today, Teresa is completely healed and has graduated Karis to go into full-time ministry. To see her story, visit awmi.net today. I want to let you know that we have now started a Karis Daily Live Bible Study. We've been doing a Bible study every Tuesday night live for about two years, but now we have five days a week. We've varied the times so that we can accommodate anybody's schedule, and it's going to really be good. We're going to use our instructors from the school, and it'll be a blessing. So remember, we now have a Karis Daily Live Bible Study five days a week.